Then when I feel so stuffed I can't eat anymore, I just use the restroom. And then I can eat more. You should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 15, I Dated a Robot. That's interesting, Ben. You did? (laughs) Look, it was in college. I was having you know some curiosity about dating robots i think we've all been there oh we certainly have all had that metal fever college is a time of experimentation and i went to a campus that had a lot of robots on it fair enough uh do you remember the robot's name what it looked like anything like that look do i ask you about your sordid sex life well (laughs) I, I didn't ask about what you did with the robot. I asked about its name. I mean, it was a dark bar. It was just a one night thing. I mean, you don't ask for names. You don't ask for life stories. You just have that one unforgettable night of robot passion. And then you move on i asked her for her phone number but it was all just ones and zeros so i thought it was probably (laughs) fake oh very good uh did you uh were you worried about getting an estd i mean i had an antivirus installed so oh that's always good yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Uh okay got it i mean my campus was just handing out norton antivirus that's actually not even a joke they did (laughs) it's always good to be safe um okay it was it was one of those those one night robot flings. Got it. Yeah, exactly. I, I I do notice though that you have returned to human with humans relationships. So do you ever feel it's, like you want to go back? Uh, it's like my grandfather always said, stick to real women, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> Your grandfather was a smart man. A, a very <laughs> a very a very concise and uh, to the point man, but but a good, a smart man nonetheless. Yeah, well, you know, it's. I think it just goes to show how much uh, interest in robots has gone, you know, for generations through in my the ages, mm-hmm. through the ages. Truly, my my grandfather just had a. You know, I've seen I've seen some photos of him hanging out with some like steampunked out robots sure. back in old timey days. And I mean, I've got an uncle waffle iron. <laughs> I mean, we're all there. We all get it. It's fine. It's it's a new age of inclusivity. So yeah. everything's fine now. So <laughs> should we talk about Futurama instead of dating robots? But Actually, to this hey. today, it's one and the same. <laughs> I guess I can't even... Yeah, okay. We are on topic. Let's at least get Futurama involved in this. (laughs) Yes, we should. Uh, So the episode starts at Planet Express, where the crew is watching television. 
It's an episode of The Scary Door. We haven't actually seen The Scary Door in a while, actually. I always love The Scary Door. It's very good. It is. I mean, it's just, it's something I think of uh, in Futurama all the time, but like, we haven't seen it in like a season and then some. So. But it's always a good thing to come back to. It's like, I don't know how we're going to start this episode. And we're, we've got like three minutes, like, slap an episode mm-hmm. of the scary door in the beginning of it done also i think this is probably my favorite episode of the scary door it's a very good episode shall we stop talking about the quality of the the episode and just talk about the episode of the scary door because it's very good and i think our listeners will enjoy that as well yes let's do that because <laughs> don't get me wrong like i will talk about how good this episode of the scary door is forever um and i have a little mini grades episode about oh, trust me the scary door gets an a plus period Okay. It doesn't even matter what the scary door is doing. The scary door is always an A+. Um, so the story of the scary door episode this time is a professional gambler uh, is crossing the street and gets hit by a car. When the gambler kind of comes to, he's he's sitting in front of a slot machine. And he pulls the, the slot slots machine's arm and he gets three bars and it starts pumping money. And he, he says, I'm winning at a casino. I must be in heaven. He pulls it again and gets the exact same result. Says, a, a casino which, which I always win, I must be in hell. Because that's boring. Because it's boring. A man walks up and pulls the <laughs> curtain away saying, you're actually on an airplane. <laughs> the, the, the gambler looks out the window and sees a, a gremlin destroying the plane. Don't you believe me? And the, the man who pulled away the curtain said, why would I believe you? You're Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Then gambler turned Hitler turns to Ava Braun, who is now sitting next to him. It's like, and Ava Braun pulls off her human mask and shows that it's a fly creature of some kind. And that's the conclusion. My favorite part of all of that, like, don't, it's a very good, I agree. It's an A, like hands down. But my favorite part of that is that after all of that, Bender's like, saw it coming. (laughs) Because I think everybody has that one friend who's like, oh no, like, yeah, that it was so obvious. Like, we couldn't you? And it's like, no, you know, you're making that up. We, you did not see that coming. But everybody's got that one friend who does that. Everyone's got that one friend. And in friend. this case, it's Bender. In, in this case, it's Bender. Fry comes in uh, to the rest of the group watching the scary door and says he saw something very cool a, a big floating ball that lit up with every color of the rainbow, but some new ones that caused him to drop to his knees and cry. And they're like, oh, it's just some college kid wearing this costume for, you know, like an advertisement. For the discount shoe outlet. And Fry's like, for one brief moment, I felt the heartbeat of creation. And it was one with my own. (laughs) And Bender's like, "Uh, yeah, we all feel like that all the time. (laughs) I just love how poetic Fry is about this. It's, It's wonderful. I mean, let's be honest. If you saw for the first time new colors you didn't even know exist like that's something so far outside of our ability to comprehend what new colors even look like i i I actually would would like to take an argument here because i think there for for people that see all colors that's correct but for there are people that have color blindness and they do make shades. Oh no, that, I that I know I know exactly what you mean because there's a video of uh my there's a lot of videos of it. Yeah. But my favorite one is they the guy gives it to his friend and he doesn't tell him what these are. And then the guy is like freaking out about the color purple and he's just he is so yeah. But I mean, you're not wrong. However, 
I'm technically correct, the best kind of correct. Okay, yes, I'm willing to accept that. <laughs> I'm going to make an assumption that Fry's not colorblind. Fair enough. Or that he is colorblind and he can see the colors on this thing mm-hmm. regardless. The The point is, like, you'd probably get poetic or you'd be like the guy in that video who is, like, shouting the F-bomb about how effing awesome this color is while pointing at a thing of Lysol wipes because it's purple on it. <laughs> it's fair. You're, you're, you're correct there. It is actually a really fun video. And if you uh, want to watch it, you should probably pull that up. It's good times. I, w- I will look for it later. Fry kind of complains about how everyone is so blasé about how cool the year 3000 is and, and not the boring time he's from. But didn't he come from an era in which they sequenced the human genome and... Uh, some other thing the professor says that I neglected to write the, down. The, the professor says, and boy bands roamed the earth. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not. I love the idea that these are the two important things out of the 2000s. The human genome was sequenced and boy bands roamed the earth. <laughs> it's very funny to me. I mean, that's about all we've got. Let's be honest. I don't know about that. CRISPR is the thing that exists now. Sure, but that's that's after Fry got frozen. That's true. Like this is this is very specifically before Fry gets frozen on New Year's Eve. That's a good point. December thirty first, nineteen ninety nine. Well, we did have the internet. That's kind of exciting. But I know we have they have mm-hmm. it in the year three thousand, um, as we'll talk about later on in this episode. Um, but that's pretty neat. Yeah, but in nineteen ninety nine, all it was used for was tracking boy bands and. That's it. Like, did you do anything with the internet in 1999 that wasn't involving sequencing genomes or tracking boy bands that roamed the earth? Leela decides, I think it's Leela, uh-huh. one of them decides that what they should do, uh, what sounds like a fantastic idea, is to take Fry to go do all the things that he's always wanted to do. Even that? Uh, everything but that. Um... And so the first thing that they go do is uh, Fry's fantasy is to destroy a planet. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's pretty legit. So uh, he gets hooked into this like laser thing and for for Sal's wrecking company and shoots this planet and it just explodes. And he's like, woohoo, yeah. And Leela's like, amazing. The most humdrum of activity is just. (laughs) Uh, seems almost exciting through your eyes. I I just love the idea that in the future, blowing up planets is like blase. Like eh, I don't care about it. But it's this. It from my perspective, coolest thing in the world. I I guess the coolest thing in the universe, not the world, because I wouldn't want to blow this up. Right. But like I'd appreciate that. But like Pluto, I live here. But Pluto, it's not even a planet anymore. Let's blow it up. Don't blow up Pluto. I like Pluto. All right. How about Uranus? No, that's one of my favorite planets. Don't I'll, blow up anything in the solar system. Uh, that's fair. How about, uh, isn't there a Trappist? Trappist 9 or something? Is that a planet? I or mean, is it a star? There's a lot of. Uh, Trappist is uh, the thing out there looking for exoplanets. Um, so there are a lot of various Trappists out there. Okay. But yeah, it's something outside of our blow solar system. Blow one of those system, up. Ple- yes, that's fine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Although, I mean. What has Mercury done for us lately? Let's be honest. See, now, now that's a good question. It's very hot. Correct. 
I don't believe it has an atmosphere of any kind. Correct. Just seems like a dead rock. Yeah, pretty much. But think about the future. Okay. Perhaps we figure out a way to give it an artificial atmosphere. I'm it not, is a rock. I'm not going to hold my breath on it. There's a lot of problems with this plan because it's not really big enough to have any sort of uh, magnetosphere. And it's so close to the sun that you would basically just be like destroyed by solar radiation. Now, let me argue with something that we have seen in Futurama uh, somewhat recently. They have the real world, the sun, where they live on the sun. So what you're saying is, is that you saw my perfectly valid scientific arguments and then you decided to cite a 17 year old cartoon show from Fox. It's it's more about like being optimistic is what I'm (laughs) you can give me all the scientific data you can. But there's just something that feels like we shouldn't blow up Mercury. Like maybe someday we could live on it. Please tweet at Back to Futurama about the planet you would most like to blow up. (laughs) We'll put a poll up. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, I mean, put this to a a vote. I mean, I wouldn't want to blow up a planet that nobody wants to blow up. Like, oh, that's, yeah, that's true. That's mm -hmm. a good point. Um, So they blow up a planet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They, uh, Go to the edge of the universe. Uh, Zoidberg says, it's funny. You live in the universe, but you never do these things until someone comes to visit. At the edge of the universe, they've got one of those like scenic viewfinder yeah. things. And you can peer into the uh, into a parallel dimension where everybody's wearing cowboy outfits. Yeah, and Bender, the, the parallel Bender is just showing off with his cowboy hat. Yeah, the, the kind of viewpoint is set up by the Universal Forest Service. And Fry's like, oh, so there's a an infinite number of parallel universes? Nope, only the two. Uh, two's pretty good, I guess. Like, just <laughs> the the. I guess that's enough. The level of just dejected that Fry gets, like he's just, oh yeah, two's okay. Um, <laughs> they go to a uh, Jurassic Kid Park where he's riding a T Rex. And then they they feed the T-Rex a pig out of a vending machine, which is <laughs> very, gi- yeah, very weird. A giant coin-operated like like gum candy machine that had just have pigs in it. And they're so like, good. keep your palms flat. And then it just eats the pig and also his hands. Yeah, he's like, oh, it tickles. And then they go to Hands Crafters. <laughs> New hands in about an hour. Uh, which... Because it's Fry, he's like, yeah, I'm going to break these in tonight, which is more information than I needed to know. That's true. And uh, Fry says he has two fantasies left, to be invisible in a chocolate factory and to be romantically linked with a celebrity. Bender offers to club him in the head with a a pipe until he believes that he did those things. Uh, Leela's like, well, actually, no. Um, You can actually date a celebrity now because of napster spelled mm-hmm. with two p's not one it's true um which uh she points up at a blimp and it says download a celebrity from the internet napster.com mm-hmm. uh it turns out that this you can download the celebrity's appearance and personality into a blank robot for any listeners who maybe were not on the internet during the Napster era. It was a service that basically allowed you to download music from other people. 
Yeah, it was it was stealing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. They go back to Planet Express and they go. They log on to the internet uh, in order to go download a uh, celebrity for Fry. Uh, they they when they log on, they are arrive near Pentagon.web, which is top secret and also being incredibly robbed. Oh yeah, and then also old Trek versus new Trek.web, where they're arguing about uh, which captain was the best captain and i feel like in a tale both, as old as time i feel like in both cases like yeah nailed it 17 years later nailed it still doing it mm-hmm. uh they also pass ebay where the milky way is up for auction and it is won by the being of inconceivable horror my favorite joke about this whole thing is that fry's like hey where's this celebrity dating place and then lila's like let's search the web and then they just kind of peer off into the distance and squint and, and kind of like look for and it. Leela's like oh there it is like because when you're <laughs> when you're literally going into the internet like matrix style like how else would you search the web well they could give you a map i suppose that makes that makes a lot of sense that's how google's gonna get us in the 3000s google maps th- 3.0 oh. mm-hmm. yeah it's Google not about internet maps. It's not about real world maps. It's about internet maps. Wow, you've just blown my mind, my good sir. We should trademark this before, so Google has to we, give us all the money. We could beat Google to it. <laughs> well, we're making the finest internet maps around. Only twenty five cents. Twenty five cents. We're gonna go out of business pretty quick. You're right. I haven't thought about inflation. So, um. They go to this celebrity dating place, way, uh, Napster.com. Um, the sign says, download any celebrity from A.A. A. Milne to ZZ Top. Uh, they meet up with a salesman who suggests Gwyneth Paltrow. And Fry's like, nah, I read in Newsweek she drinks human blood, which if you've been following how crazy Gwyneth Paltrow is these days, again, pretty on point Futurama from mm-hmm. downtown. From the down of town. Um, Cleopatra. He'd prefer someone from the era of shaved underarms. And Lucy Liu, she won Woman of uh, the Most Beautiful Woman in both 2003 and 2063. Well, specifically, Fry is like, do you have anything with more of a Lucy Liu quality? <laughs> and then true. he's like, no, nah, we don't have anything like that. But we do have Lucy Liu. <laughs> um, Fry opts for the 2003 model. After making this decision uh they log out and then all they need to do is put in a blank robot which is mac formatted by mm-hmm. which i really enjoy because compared to all of the uh slam dunks that futurama had in the last five minutes of this podcast mac formatting versus pc formatting on like discs not as much of a thing these days no not really so um, it was back then, though. It was back then. I remember very much in school, like, you had to have the Mac formatted disc because it wouldn't work you know, back and forth. I once had an entire uh, school project corrupted because my partner saved something on the disc, but it was Mac formatted, and he saved it in a PC or oh, vice versa. No. Yeah, it uh, ruined the whole thing. Thanks Darn. for that, Spencer. Wow. First name <laughs> going. Spencer on blast. Blast. <laughs> <laughs> i feel i doing that made me feel like i'm a morning jock jock uh-huh well i mean that's when we're done with this podcast that's where your career is naturally gonna go next i mean i suppose it makes sense mm-hmm. and i can go directly into sports radio 
Exactly. It's a logical progression. Um, bad sports radio, don't get me wrong. Well, I've not heard a lot of good sports radio. Anyway, my, my point uh, is that uh, they put the, the blank robot in the drive and download Lucy Lou into it. It immediately starts making out with Fry. Uh-huh. Uh, my favorite part about this is that uh, she's like, would you like to take a moment to register me? He's like, no, nah, I'll do it later. And then uh, she's like, okay, I'll remind you about it later, stud. And then he's like, what do you want to do? And he's like, would you like to take a moment to register me? It's, <laughs> it's so true of software. It's so true. Um, uh, there's a there's a software, uh, piece of software I use a lot called Sublime Text. Oh, yeah. And uh-huh. it's always like every five times you save, it's like, hey, would you like to pay me? No? Uh-huh. Okay. And it's like $70. It's a very expensive program it is a surprisingly expensive program that being said i use it all the time so it's like i think it's good software it's good yeah it, it does the job well it opens big files it it's got a lot of code completion stuff and okay i apologize this is a futurama podcast not a code editing podcast look we're all over the place on this one already. we've been recording for 24 <laughs> minutes and i don't think we're halfway through this episode oh man it's it's gonna go they go to Dinkin' Donuts, uh, where Fry is stuffing his face with jelly-filled donuts. He tells uh, Lucy <laughs> Lubot a story about eating too much, then going to the bathroom so he can eat more. Right. Because the, first, the thing you want to talk about when you're on a date... Mm-hmm. I know I give a lot of dating advice on this podcast, despite this is, the fact that it's a Futurama podcast. This is Ben's Date Advice Corner. When you go on a first date with somebody, okay, you definitely want to talk about how your digestive system works and about how once you shove so much food into your face, you have to make more room for it and make sure to talk about that part. Are there any caveats to that advice, say, when you're dating a robot versus dating a human? The robot's going to be a lot more interested because okay. Lucy Lubot's like, People need to know about this, Fry. You should write a book about the can eat more. <laughs> I, I love I love whenever they sprinkle in the we can't get the the voice or the the fake of in data entry voice. It's very right. Good. Uh, it's is very good. Um, but yeah, so he's he's literally just talking about uh, basically emptying his bowels on yeah, this date with a robot. Basically pooping. Yeah, and um, then they have a little romantic montage which in the course of doing this podcast i've realized just how many romantic montages futurama (laughs) has because this has to be like the third or fourth one it's a lot um Uh, they go to the brooklyn aquarium and throw stakes into the water for some kind of weird animal that has giant tentacles mm -hmm. and then eyes on those tentacles i also never noticed before but the uh subtitle on the brooklyn aquarium says boids of the water (laughs) I had never noticed that before. And I saw it. I was like, wait, wait, go, go, go back. Yep. That's what it said. All right. Okay. <laughs> Boyd's of the water. Boyd's. Um, <laughs> uh, then, uh, then we get a little brief scene of Fry, uh, like getting a piggyback ride off of the Lubot down the street while eating a hot dog and enjoying a soft drink. Like you do. And then the final one is Fry, like playing with army men in front of the window <laughs> And then throwing one into the fan. 
and I don't even understand. These are all very good dates, by the way. As this is my dating <laughs> advice corner. Uh, toy soldiers, like fantastic, like good good date. Always right good. there. Yeah. Um, as evidenced by the fact that she just jumps him and starts making out with him after the toy soldier thing. And after, after avoiding the one that came off, uh, thrown at the fan and then came back at them. Mm-hmm. So uh, they get in this weird loop where uh, he's like, you're cuter. No, you are. No, you are. They're like, ah, she's stuck in an infinite loop and he's an idiot. That's love for you. Uh, Bender is appalled at the idea of humans dating robots. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets a little... Um, He's just against the idea of humans dating robots and robots dating humans. Right. Uh, but there, I mean, there's some weird uh, like interracial dating yeah. undertones, overtones, really. Yeah, um, no, nothing under it. It gets kind of weird. Um but moving on, uh, they decide that, uh, in, in Leela's words, it's Fry's decision, and he's made the wrong one, so let's fix it. <laughs> and so they show Fry a film called I Dated a Robot. Which, which you're supposed to watch in middle school hygiene. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, the professor keeps a copy in his, the VCR at all times. So it, it is a very uh, middle school quality health film yeah uh about a young lad named billy every teen who <laughs> uh one day decides to download marilyn monroe into a monroe bot mm-hmm. which i just do. love the portmanteau of monroe bot just throwing that out there uh there's a host that says human dating is enjoyable and serves an important purpose and then flips the the the, <laughs> the table at the diner and there's just a baby crying on it um and billy every teen and mavis the girl that he originally uh is with just stare at it for a bit for a minute it's very good uh so yeah basically the story of this health film is that um like his his parents come in and they're like wouldn't you like to get a paper route and he's like no thanks i'd rather make out with my monroe bot would you like to walk your dog no thanks i'd rather make out with my monroe bot and then mavis his ex his old (laughs) girlfriend comes in and is like wouldn't you want to come over to my house and make make out a little he's like I don't know. You live across the street. That's an awful long way to go to make out. <laughs> and then it turns out that all of civilization is wiped uh-huh. out. And and then also for good measure after after Billy Everyteen dies, it when he's old, aliens came and destroyed uh-huh. the earth. I do also love the line where the narrator is like, "Normally, Billy would work hard to make money with his paper route. Then he'd use that money to buy dinner for Mavis." thus earning a slim chance to perform the reproductive act. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. <laughs> it's so it's it's a surprisingly like birds eye view of what t- being a teenager is too. Like that kind of like I'm an old man now and I don't know how these teens are doing it these days. So, oh and then of course, uh I dated a robot is also brought to you by the Space Pope. <laughs> the space pope so much when it came on i was like it's the space pope one uh-huh. it's space pope um so fry is not paying attention at all and uh he's busy making out with the lucy lubot and the professor's like i knew i should have shown him electro gonorrhea the noisy killer i'm so glad he didn't 
uh-huh i don't think i want to see that i do love the joke though because like oh, it's the, a very good the joke. silent killer is always like the thing like the i like the idea of the noisy, the noisy killer. killer um also i love i love the electro gonorrhea joke so much that in my cards against humanity set one of my blank cards i wrote electro gonorrhea the noisy killer and because <laughs> i'm the only person on the planet apparently who has seen futurama uh nobody i've ever played this game with has understood that reference and like electro what and i'm like oh come on guys it's futurama can't you be cool be cool for just like four seconds well now that we've put this podcast out into the world people will know it it's true we're changing be be the change you want to see in the world i'm sure he was talking about dumb jokes in card games about old cartoon shows I, in fact i'm pretty sure he said be the change you want to see in cards against humanity yeah absolutely uh, yeah that, perfect um so th- later that night bender is basically just decides to shut down napster.com yep they have a little bit of a discussion and then bender Leela, and zoiberg go to the internet and or go to the actual napster building and confronts the ceo a big internet nerd yep and uh, he points out that the internet is about the free exchange and sales of other people's ideas. That's sadly true. Yeah. Once again, Futurama nails it. It's true. There's also an authorized personal only uh, door. And behind it, they hear somebody screaming, They're, we're being held prisoner. Help. It's very clearly Lucy Liu. I mean. Sure, but I didn't want to like spoil it for the audience yeah but i mean like it's very like it sounds like lucy lou we've spent half of this episode listening to lucy lou as a robot like it's lucy lou all right okay uh i was trying to give some kind of suspense to the audience so they they rush in and also at that point a little thing on the sign comes down and it's not napster it's kid napster i i love the word play it's very clever and so we find out that they have held her hostage for 800 years and they have been making illegal copies of her and that one gets downloaded right then and there and it looks like a very painful process it looks like she's getting like electric shocks yeah pretty much uh, up up the her neck spine because she's a head right yeah they're all heads in jars at this point and so they decide that they're going to save her and all the other heads uh want to go to but they're like well she asked first and then they only steal lucy lou out mm-hmm. of this thing well i think the main p- problem is that when they pick up lucy lou there's a pressure sensor alert that mm-hmm. goes off so they put madeline albright onto lucy lou's uh location and that that's that's upsetting to some uh a, a nerd who is downloading lucy lou to have a candle night candlelight dinner with and yeah that that's a thing that happens uh-huh they run off and the uh, CEO is talking to some dude in a business suit. It's who... the CFO. Okay. There's a little note card that says CFO. Oh, see, I missed it. that. I was just yeah. like, who's this dude in the suit? Chief no. financial officer. Uh, so um, he's like, yeah, we'll give them all the, they want Lucy Lou. We'll give them all the Lucy Lou they can handle. Hand me that backup disc. And then it's an old, like just an old floppy disc. Yeah. Uh, labeled uh, Lou comma L slash image lou.jpg i didn't read it that's neat Mm -hmm. i like that apparently lucy lou fits on a 1.44 megabyte floppy because i suppose it could be a zip disk we could we could bring up the old zip zip disk beef 
if we want if we want to just keep this war going with <laughs> back to the futurama versus zip disc i don't even remember what we said last time either. we just we put zip the, disc on blast i totally forgot about the existence <laughs> of zip discs i didn't even know we talked about it oh yeah we've de- we've definitely talked about zip discs before i just have no idea which episode it was in the world oh this this podcast we've done has taken a life of its own uh, they put this disc in and then uh there's a, a lumostat dial that he changes from competent lawyer to icy dominatrix to erotic assassin and then hits control k i don't i don't know what that hotkey is supposed to do i'm gonna assume like kill because like well i mean i would assume it would well i mean it can't be create or it could be create actually because control c is copy sure so control k could be create well that would be control n wouldn't it clone i guess i'm just i'm going with kill i'm okay. assuming kill that that's who knows fair. yeah if we, you know we need we need to know we need to get whole design specs on the software at kidnapster.com i just i i think the the hotkeys are the important part for me because that that's how you become a power user. You get those hotkeys, mm-hmm. control, control shift K and things like that. You know, if you know what control K is for, please tweet at back to Futurama on that note. Um, so as they're escaping, Lucy Lou seems strangely interested in Bender. Mm-hmm. Like she's calling him like a masculine stud and, and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, Bender shuts it down based on his previous discussions of human robot love. During this time, they see another Lucy Lubot who attacks them and tries to kill them. And there's a whole fight, and she ends up uh, being pushed into a hydrant, which Bender unscrews, and then she explodes in a shower of water. Mm-hmm. And, and they celebrate for a minute. Zoidberg says, "Looks like you're retaining water," and he does that like snap thing, the three snaps yeah. that I can't really the, articulate. The yeah. Um, that he 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 is on point this episode for uh-huh. those like witty one-liners, and um, so yeah, they all celebrate, and then they look over, and there's a whole army of Lubots uh, marching toward them in perfect formation, mm-hmm. and then they just just to start destroying the streets of New New York, mm-hmm. including throwing a Zap Brennigan down a sewer pipe. Yeah, that's pretty rad. That's like, yeah, it's pretty rad. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, Fry and the normal Lucy Lubot. Uh, it's gonna get confusing. I just want to point out for everybody, it's gonna get really confusing really fast. So let's let's call her Lubot 1.0. Okay, Fry and Lubot 1.0 are at the movies watching the 2007 classic Charlie's <laughs> Angels 3: The Legend of Charlie's Gold. Can I just say how much I love this movie within the episode? Mm-hmm. Because Fry's like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. It has a vampire and an explosion. <laughs> To which she, of course, replies, it's amazing the way you notice two things. <laughs> um, but I just, I love this. It's so poorly written. <laughs> Honestly, the, the Charlie's Angels 3, The Legend of Charlie's Gold, is my favorite part of this episode, hands down. Because, so they're, they're standing in front of this coffin, and uh, she's like, no, don't open that coffin. It's ticking. I have to, Alex. That coffin's not going to open itself. And then it opens and a vampire's like, blah, and then explodes because it's got a bomb strapped to its chest. And everything about this scene is 
magic. Like, it's so bad, but I would watch that movie on, like, a bad movie night. Sure. Like, it's not something I'd watch when I want to watch, like, Oscar-worthy movies. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, occasionally you just want to watch a bad movie. Like, Tammy and the T-Rex, which is a real movie, and I suggest everybody look it up (laughs) if they want bad movies. I do want to just ask you a quick question. Yeah. This is the best part of the episode, hands down. But the scary door exists in this episode. Yeah, but I like Charlie's Angels 3, the search for Charlie's gold a little bit more. I think I'm going to disagree with you okay. here. I like, I, I am a huge fan of the scary door. Well, because then there's also a part in this where, in, in that movie where uh, they're like, Mr. Mayor, if you want to see the real vampire, look in the mirror. And he's like, I can't. I'm a vampire. Like, <laughs> it's so good. I want to watch this movie. <laughs> I mean, I've, I have a friend who's imparted a real love of bad movies for me. Mm-hmm. She had a whole birthday party where we got together and watched really bad movies, which is when I saw Tammy and the T-Rex, uh, which is about a young lad who gets killed and then his brain gets put into a resurrected T-Rex. And it is exactly as good as you expect based on that description. But yeah, so she imparted a real love of bad movies on me, oh. which is why now I'm like, no, I totally want to see Charlie's Angels <laughs> 3, The Search for Charlie's Gold, because it it sounds so bad and so good <laughs> at the same time. Anyways, that's my tirade on <laughs> Charlie's Angels 3, The Search for Charlie's Gold. Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, we will continue on in the non-Charlie's Angels 3, Legend of Charlie's Gold parts of future on my episode. Leela Zoidberg Bender and the real Lucy Lou come into the movie theater to hide from the Lou bots, the Lou army. Uh, they see Fry and they determine that Lou bot 1.0 is acting normally. Which is tested by him like making out with her. And he's like, nope, he's, she's working normally. I mean, if that's normal procedure, then mm-hmm. it's always good to do a smoke test. Uh, and then he also at that point notices that they're carrying the head of the real Lucy Lou. He's like, is that who I think it is? And then she's like, read the jar, Evelyn Wood, Dr. Z. And he does that finger snap <laughs> thing again. Like, I love that she's calling on Dr. Zoidberg to do that finger snap thing. Like, well, that's she his can't. role now. Well, she can't because she's just had in a jar. Yeah, but of all people, why are you going for the guy with no fingers? Like, he's He does it pretty well, though. It's true. And she's only seen him do it. It's true. I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll concede my point. Right after the uh, I can't, I'm a vampire line, the army of Lubots rushes into the theater. Through the movie screen. And then everybody runs up to the projection room, at which point the Lubots try to form a human pyramid of robots. Zoidberg opens a door and sees a 10,000 pound bag of balcony grade popcorn <laughs> with something with a line that says cut here. I do have to wonder what qualifies it as balcony grade. I do not know. Anyway, uh, Leela says, cut it, Zoidberg. And he's he's very excited. And then Leela's like, don't eat it. And he's less excited. So they dump all of this popcorn, uh, all the, this unpopped uh, popcorn kernels down onto the Lubots. They all get covered in it. And they're like, yay, we won. And then the Lubots instead just eat all the popcorn kernels and start spitting it back up into the balcony like uh, like machine, machine gun, gun fire, fire yeah. essentially. As they're being kind of like sheltering in place, uh, Bender tells Lou to get 
to get in his compartment and opens his compartment <laughs> and throws the head in a jar of Pavarotti out who who sings his way as he flies through the air uh-huh. and then puts Lou in his compartment. Um, and at that point, uh, Lubot 1.0 uh, decides to save everybody. So she stands up and starts getting pelted with these kernels uh, and points the uh, projector down at the army of Lubots below, heating them all up to like uh, all the oil on the their skin starts burning and all the, the popcorn inside of them starts popping. And then they all explode in a giant rain of popcorn. There's a surprising amount of popcorn explosions in this television show. Oh, it's true. A lot of romantic montages and a lot of popcorn explosions. <laughs> the Futurama milieu. Um, so uh, the original Lubot, or Lubot 1.0, uh, has sacrificed herself for Fry and sh- because she has a massive corn clog in Port 7. She also is like, I love you more than the moon and the stars and poetic image 37 not found. It's very funny. It's very me. good. Um, the real Lucy Lou tells Fry to erase uh, Lubot 1.0 because she's the final copy. Um, and Lucy Lou's image is the only thing she has other than the largest gold nugget in existence one mile wide. I mean, if if you've only got to have two things. <laughs> um, so Fry holds Lubot 1.0 tight and pushes an erase button right in like the middle of her back, which seems like a very bad place for an erase button, considering these are weird robots designed to make out with and like yeah hands go there a lot during making out, I'm sure. Mm. So that's true. I, d- I don't know where you'd put it, but you know, it's mm-hmm. a good point. Um, and um, so he erases, um, he erases Lubot 1.0. Uh, Lubot 1.0 says, I'll always remember you. Memory deleted. And then he's like, well, you know, at least now I can maybe get to know the real Lucy Lou. And Bender's like, at our wedding, maybe. And Lucy Lou gives this whole uh, speech about how it's true. They're in love. And um, like, yeah, I don't remember her whole speech, but she gives quite a speech. And then. They start making out, and then it fades out on Fry looking very angry at Bender making out with Lucy Liu. Yeah, it's kind of hi- hi- hypocritical. He was telling the entire episode about being against uh, human-robot relations, and now there you go. Yep. Uh, and as that is where it fades out, it is now time for... Graves. So... Uh, this episode, to me, only really has two redeeming parts. Okay. It has the scary door, which is probably, to me, the best part of the episode. And then you have made, given me the appreciation for Charlie's Angels 3, The Legend of Charlie's Gold. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I'm not a huge fan of this episode. I don't think... It, I, I, it's very clumsy. It's It's like two on the nose for like a satire kind of thing. Okay. Um I I just don't enjoy it. The a lot of the jokes outside of those two sequences don't really land for me personally. So I I don't I just don't like this episode and I I wasn't looking forward to watching it and it kind of didn't didn't change my mind. I'm going to give it a C. Okay. Um so yeah, I would tend to agree. Um I feel like this episode was like, "Hey, we got to connect with like the hip 
teens of the day. What do teens like? Lucy Lou and downloading stuff on Napster and I don't know. Like it's 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 just like a weird view into what was going on at the time it was written. There are a decent number of good jokes, but yeah, I don't overall I I don't care for it as much. Um because there are, I mean there are a lot of jokes in it I like well enough, so it's, you know, not a total waste of an episode, but yeah, just overall, um, you know, like the weird Napster references yeah. from the time and and um the whole just odd idea of even downloading a person's persona into basically a sex robot, like it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going against this episode, but I think a, a lot of the jokes managed to save it from like anything lower than a C, but yeah, I think C is about, about where I, I'm going to mm-hmm. give that. All right. Yeah. I think we agree on this one. Yeah. We'd love to hear what you think. Yeah. Uh, tell us if, you know, you feel we are off base on this or if you agree or if, you know, you have any other thoughts on this episode or any other episode of Futurama, um, you can get in contact with us many different ways. So, uh, you know, dealer's choice on this one. You can email us at back to the Futurama podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at back to Futurama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash back to Futurama. You, and we are also on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can find us. Uh, please review us, rate us, subscribe to us, and send it to a friend. And and let's let's pull that slot machine arm together. Podcast that's always being downloaded. That's boring. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, just as a reminder, November fourth, I'm doing the extra life thing I talked about on last episode. Uh, it's for charity for kids and. You can watch me be an idiot and be bad at video games. So uh, if you're interested, like I said, I'll be tweeting about it uh, and I'll be on, uh, I'll put it on NeptunianMillhouse.com, the (laughs) URL we own for some reason. We sure do. Uh, Just remember that he does curse a little bit on there. So it's not a a lot of bit, really, if I'm going to be honest. We'll get to that 2 a.m. hour and it's going to be all F-bombs up in there. So so. just, just keep that in mind. It's probably not best for little kids or grandmothers or you know just you know <laughs> most people but it's it's going to be a good time and it's going to be good for charity for for a good charity so yeah so uh, give and and watch ben be ridiculous and until next time i'm ben and i'm mike goodbye, goodbye from, from the world, world of tomorrow, tomorrow.